This is a Your Farm Business Podcast with Mike Krause of P2P Agri. The team at Your Farm Business Podcast has put together a series of three podcasts covering important areas of farm succession planning. This podcast covers the best process to be used to facilitate good farm family succession. Judy Wilkinson has had 20 years helping farm families with their succession process. She has a great quote from Kenny Rogers' song, The Gambler. You've got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, and know when to run. You never count your money when you're sitting at the table. There'll be time enough for counting when the dealing's done. I think there's a lot of wisdom in that quote. Welcome, Judy. Judy, you've had a lot of experience with a whole raft of families with this succession and transition planning. So that means you've had, you've found things that have worked and haven't worked. What have you found has been the most successful process to follow? Thanks, Mike. The process that I've found most successful is having a meeting with everybody who is connected or concerned with either the business or the family, mostly around making sure that people are being kept informed and people know what's going on. Now, some people will say, oh, perhaps you should interview everybody and then have a meeting. I always go in with as little information as possible and have everybody I can at that meeting who, if we make decisions on the day, are going to be impacted by the decision so that they they can be there and hear the discussion because I think the discussion is sometimes more important than the decision. Right. Okay. How, we, how we make a decision about something has often goes through a couple of cycles of discussion mm-hmm. and by the time you make the decision, a lot of people could think that's a stupid thing to do, but yeah. if you have been part of the discussion, you know why it's got right. to that point. You, you understand so the reasons. Yes. Now, the reason I go in with very little information is so that I can ask the questions. So I get the information so everyone can hear the information that's being shared. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I know a lot, I may not ask a question because I know what the answer is. But that doesn't mean everybody in the room understands. So the wrong thing is to assume something. You don't assume anything and you put it all on the table and people should listen and hear. Yeah. And when you have prior knowledge... You make assumptions, you do it because you're human, you make assumptions Mm. about things. But if Mm. you don't know, then you ask. Mm. So that's the bit that I see works well. Mm -hmm. And then also having everyone there, you know, inclusion is a really important thing. So when you say everyone, Judy, that's all the kids and their other halves around the table, even though all those kids may not be involved in the farming Passover, passing the farming on. So yeah. everyone, okay. So this doesn't mean that they have to be at every succession planning meeting or every meeting that you have around this issue. It just is valuable if they can get the information as it gets put on the table in the beginning so they have some idea of what's going on. Because, right. you know, they too will make assumptions that this business is worth millions of dollars and everybody's, you know, should be able to get something out of it where that may not be what's happening. They will have assumed by watching what's going on. So, right. you know, if they can be part of that discussion. Mm-hmm. And I also think that exclusion is an incredibly powerful thing and can send long-lasting negative Messages. Messages. So because I haven't been included, I'm not a part of the family process, 
So I'm on the outer. Yeah. So if you decide not to have them there, they think, oh, what are they trying to hide? Mm. Oh, is there something? Why, why can't I be part of this? And often you'll get those partners at meetings and you'll say, and what are you hoping for out of today? And they'll say, oh, I'm just here to listen. And mm-hmm. you think, well, you know, they kind of that's what they're thinking. And so mm. often they, they contribute mm. more than if they were just there to listen. But often they're important. They are people who are watching this family function and this business function and they're watching from the balcony so they can see the personalities and they can see you know the elephants in the room is as we Mm. often talk about they can say why are we doing it like this you know they can Mm. raise those questions Mm -hmm. themselves Mm -hmm. so I think it's really important to include them like I say not perhaps in every meeting you have but certainly at some point because it just shows that you aren't trying to hide anything and you know you want to know and also, yeah. if you have doubts about in-laws or whatever, it's better to have them on the inside of the corral, not on the outside. So, exactly. you know, you can be working on making sure that the personalities are and the conversations are managed on occasions. Right. So, Do you ever yeah. find it hard to get mum and dad talking about this or that's not a problem? Um, no, it, it can be difficult. Can be, it can be difficult. Yeah. So... Well, you know, often it's because they feel like they might be under attack or yeah. maybe they don't know what they want to do. Maybe they're not ready yeah. for it. But, you know, often these discussions and these meetings help them get there. So That's been my experience too, that mum and dad don't really know what the kids are thinking or wanting to do and they actually get delighted and quite surprised when they hear what their kids' opinion of what should go on. I find that's... Everyone has that fear, but sometimes that fear is false, you know. It's not true. Yeah, Mm. I agree. And certainly if you have, you know, in my case, I I have a conversation with each person in the room individually and people get to observe that conversation. And people say that it's a really empowering thing to watch. It's a really Mm. interesting thing to watch and to hear Mm. people have a conversation with somebody and hear things that they maybe wouldn't normally say or they don't feel confident enough to say. So, And also, you know, as you'll know yourself, as a facilitator, you're there to encourage people to say what they want. And if they get it wrong, like if it comes out wrong, mean or nasty or whatever, you as a facilitator get the chance to turn it around to make it sound okay. Yeah, let's replay that last little bit. Did you really mean this? Didn't you mean that? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I think you meant. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and that's helpful, isn't it, I think? Yeah, yeah mm. that is. Another thing, do you think it's important to have a lot of, I guess, minutes or discussions written down so that there's evidence of what was talked about, particularly the decisions that were made? Yes, mostly the decisions. Mm-hmm. I don't think you have to have reams of documentation It is very helpful to write down the things that we have decided are going to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, like I I usually give an action sheet, what Mm -hmm. we've decided to happen, who's going to do it and when it's going to be done by, and perhaps why we're doing it. Mm -hmm. Because we all have very busy lives and we often forget what we've said yes to or -hmm. or we say yes to it in the meeting and then get outside and say, what was all that about? So, yes, (laughs) it has to be, I'd have to say, Mike, it has to be in plain English. Yes. Not too complicated. Not crude lawyer speak or something like that. No, not gushy, mm. just facts. Just mm-hmm. stick to the facts mm. in plain English. Yeah, I okay. agree. It, we're all doing lots and lots of things mm. and it's useful if we've got something to refer back to. 
And I think that's really wise that five years ago we could have decided this and if it's not written down, then people's minds make up what actually happened. And if everyone's agreed to those decisions, it's on paper, then it's sacrosanct, we can move on from that. Yeah, or we can decide to go back and change it. This is what we decided. Oh, well, that was because, you know, there were more of us or less of us or whatever. But now that we know how to do it, we'll do it again. We'll make another set. We'll do another And I Um, think the practices are really good thing. Like if you, I always do sort of one meeting and then another meeting in maybe six or eight months' time. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I only do the one and send them off to speak to their accountant or the solicitor or whatever. But it's interesting that after having done a couple of meetings with families, I then hear people saying stuff I'd say. (laughs) You know, like they use my, they use like my question or my. So that's nice, isn't it? That they then think about how they're going to frame their question or how they're going to respond. So, you know, that's all good practice, I think. No, no, I think it's great practice. Now, Judy, one of the challenges that people have, I guess, when they come to do this is what sort of facilitator should we get? Should that be a a male or a female? Should that be a young person, an older person? What's your thoughts on that? I know it must be a bit of a minefield and really when you think about it, Mike, there aren't lots and lots of people out there who publicise that they do this. And so, you know, lots of people try to do it. I I know the rural financial counsellors are all really good and accountants and lawyers and, you know, some people who are just close friends or perhaps in a position of power, they Mm -hmm. may or... Mm community background might do it and you know anyone is probably good at it depending on the situation what I'd say is choose a personality that suits your family sometimes you have to give it two goes because again I see as a facilitator I'm not everybody's friend like I'll go in and ask questions that people don't want to answer or Mm. I'll raise issues that people don't want on the table so Mm. you know I can probably alienate people quite quickly but, yeah, choose somebody whose personality is inquisitive and not controlling and not wanting to, and it isn't, you know, you're not working for the person's paying as a facilitator. Yep. You're working for the good of the family. So, so you don't want someone dominating and you don't want someone who's saying, this is the answer, this is yeah. the solution. You want this to get the solution out of the family so yeah. that they own the solution and it then can be put in action. Yeah, Because you sort of don't want, I mean, I'm always mindful of when I go into do meetings now is how old I am because I'm the age of most people's, most young people's parents Mm. or older. Mm. (laughs) So, you know, maybe they want somebody young. So that's fine too. You know, you Mm -hmm. can, people have prejudices, but I would be looking for a personality that is, you know, that you can trust and who's honest and open and transparent and you know, I wouldn't say they have to be really well experienced. You can use people who are just, you know, confident enough not to take sides, confident enough to stop conversation when it's... Control yeah. conversation and facilitate yeah. good listening. Yeah. And mm. so one of the things I noticed years ago when I first started doing it, that some facilitators don't like people crying. Oh. So <laughs> at the minute, the minute you get someone crying, you would see them because I shadowed quite a number of people as I was mm. learning and mm. they would shut the crying down where I always think a good cry is really good for everyone. So how come yeah. the issues? So yeah. you don't. And also another thing was when people got angry, they would stop everything and make everybody leave the room. You've got to find somebody who's prepared to sit through discontent and be uncomfortable and 
be a bit yeah. vulnerable with it and all. push through it allow the listening yeah. to happen get the healing started and then let's keep going i think yeah. so how you find those people uh, you know like it's ask ask yeah. around because you know most of my work comes from recommendations of others and exactly other people who you've worked really, with that pass yeah. on and say, look. Yeah. Give that and likewise, you'll be the same, I'm sure, because yeah. I'm often referring yeah. people. <laughs> no, that's right. Judy, really good too. Thank you so much for that. To sum up, the take-home messages are, firstly, have all the family involved, so be inclusive. Secondly, keep the discussions open. Thirdly, write down the action notes so they are recorded. Fourthly, Revisit the family farm succession plan over time because things do change. And finally, allow emotions to be heard as well. 